Ooh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brad. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vaughn on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man. I was looking for content here, Shane, <laughs> right before we hopped on the line. And wouldn't you know it, Mr. John Calipari drops a bomb mm. on us. Thank goodness for old, uh, what he's calling a basketball school up there in Lexington. How, I mean, how disrespectful <laughs> is that? Yeah, the hell, Hatfield McCoy. We got the damn basketball versus the football team up there in Kentucky, man. <laughs> it's like a family feud. Yeah, and it, uh. if you missed it, I mean, we'll, we'll throw it up here on the YouTube channel, but uh, this is not, you know, Shane and I just, just making something up. I mean, Mark Stoops seems like mm-hmm. he's pissed. He's out here retweeting all these these people saying that the Kentucky's a football school. We got Vince Morrow, of course, tweeting. We we can't have a Kentucky story without old Vince <laughs> tweeting something. He's tweeting uh-huh. it out. Former, the best one though I saw, Shane. I don't know if you've seen this one. Former Kentucky punter Max Duffy. He says, "Has the football team ever lost to St. Peter's in the NCAA <laughs> tournament? Because we know Coach Cal has." So, oh man, this is uh, Kentucky eating its own oh. up here, isn't it? Godly, and I tell you, as a as you hate it. I mean, you absolutely hate it if you're a Kentucky fan. This is not the publicity you need, but man, if you're not a Kentucky fan, this is the publicity you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everybody I've, recruiting against Stoops on the recruiting yeah, trail. Yeah, just, just came out of nowhere. This. Yeah, just this is again. You've got to work together, and and, and you know it's. It, you know that whole it's a basketball school. It's not anymore, man. I mean, when you keep putting up ten win seasons, it's 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 both. You know, and and I just like that Mark's finally saying, "Hey, okay, easy." <laughs> you know, right? That that may have worked ten years ago, but it isn't working now because we are paying our own bills. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean this. You know, fair or not, Shane, that this is the perception that's outside of Lexington already. That Kentucky mm-hmm. is just a basketball school. I get, you know, I, I do a lot of these interviews. They say, "Well, when is Kentucky going to start regressing? How long before Mark Stoops jumps to a bigger school?" And this ain't helping when it's coming no. from within the building, where it, it's that outside perception is is leaking into the building here. And I think that's why Mark Stoops and Vince Morrow and the, and the rest of the the program is so pissed. And, and I think they deserve the right to be. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree and. And, and this is just, I don't know, maybe this is, uh, we don't know what's going behind the scenes, but clearly these programs are not on the same page. You love to see when they are, you know, I, I remember not too long ago, we would see Bruce Pearl up in the football stands. We'd see, you know, um, uh, other head coaches, uh, what's his name was just down there, uh, at LSU, Kelly, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this, this is what you need. You, you need these programs because you you you're advertising for for them. You know, when right. when basketball recruits are up, they're taking them to football games, and when football recruits are up, you can take them to basketball games. It's it's you got to work together. And I understand Kentucky is a has got the 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 stigma that it's a a basketball program, and maybe they feel like they don't need the football team, but. Man, it's just not good for the brand. No, it's it's definitely not. And I thought what you were going to say, Shane, is I remember one that long ago they were 
you know, giving giveaways at the Walmart parking lot. Remember <laughs> yeah. to, to get fans to show up to the game. That's right. But we've turned the corner. We've got I Mark Stoops done a hell of a lot better job than John Calipari the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. here with two 10 win seasons. That is just incredibly difficult to do in, in today's SEC landscape on the gridiron. And hey, newsflash for Calipari is great as a coach as he may be, and, and basketball is, is big up there in Kentucky, basketball makes about 25% of what football makes across the sports landscape of college. So Say, uh, say that one more time in a little slower, Mike, so Cal Parry can hear this. <laughs> basketball makes about 25%. If it and this is a good program on on, on non good programs, it's even less compared to seventy five percent of the budget that football brings in. So hey, keep running your mouth and hey, if if push comes to shove, Shane, I I hope it doesn't come to this for Kentucky's sake. But they may get to a point where they say, well, Mark Stoops or John Calipari. And as crazy as this may have been to say, you know, four or five years ago. I think mm-hmm. they would pick Mark Stoops because of what he's done to the football program <laughs> and, and the future of that thing, whereas John Calipari has got all these recruits and he can't do a damn thing with them. Mike, this is Cousin Shane. This ain't Paul Feinbaum. You don't. You can hold <laughs> off on the hot takes here. I mean, do, do they really – do you really think that that's the case? I mean, obviously Kentucky basketball is not where – and this isn't a – we are a football podcast <laughs> – we're not uh, to kind of steal from Calipari. We are we are a one trick pony here, yeah. And, and and I'm not trying to get into basketball, but but man, I don't think I, I don't think Kentucky fans are extremely pleased with the way that program has been going here of late. And it, it you know I've heard rumblings of maybe we try something a little different up there. It should be an easy job to recruit for. So right. Man, I, I don't, maybe you're not nuts there. I mean, if, if it came to, I'd love to put a poll up and see. Uh, but I, I would be curious if if it push came to shove, if they had to get rid of one. Do you take a program that has been in the bottom of the cellar, man? I'm t- I mean, Kentucky games, you you gave tickets away. That's right. I, I hate to say it, right. but w- growing up, if you wanted a free home game and then you found out it was a Kentucky you're like oh okay I see why it's free now you know now right, it's not right. like that it's it's a it's a freaking rivalry with a lot of programs not just Tennessee but the Louisville's but the Florida's it's, it's just they're competitive but Mark took them from there he took them from the basement and he's made them a, a, a competitive football program and I don't see that changing anytime soon and the basketball team if you ask me has taken a step back here the last few years so you may be on to something here man yeah and if i'm wrong about kentucky and hell i probably will be especially after i disrespected <laughs> them and now calipari's disrespecting them if they go out here and beat florida and beat tennessee and they finish second in the east yeah it's a no-brainer yeah i would try stoops over calipari no no doubt or at least give him his parking spot you know make his ass <laughs> walk a little bit further <laughs> in his fancy shoes you know <laughs> Well, hey, Shay, we got to move on. We got news and notes across the SEC, but a, a real quick one, little injury update, Shane. Good news here. We were doom and gloom last episode for Florida receiver mm-hmm. Ricky Parshall. It, it turns out he's now day-to-day, so he, he, had, a, he had a bone bruise, not going to be uh, any kind of season-ending injury. Billy Napier set to meet with the media here on Monday to clear that all up, but, hey, it's looking good for old – uh, Ricky, the, the transfer from Arizona State to suit up for the Gators against Utah in a season opener. And, man, just a disaster averted here in Gainesville, it looks like. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? 
to go from bad news to good news. This is this is great for the Florida Gators, and it's almost like that, Shane. Where you know when you lose you, you lose something, and it's like, well, it's gone. I got to get over it, <laughs> and then you turn around and you find it under the couch cushion, and it's my <laughs> God, that feeling of ecstasy was like I'll never take you for granted again. That's oh. where that's where we're in Gainesville right now. Mike, I ain't going to lie, it happened to me today. I was like, I'm doing a diet, right? Uh-huh. You know, it's Monday. That's what, or It's not even Monday. It's a Thursday. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what day it is. But I woke up. It's my. I went to work. It was my first day back. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to eat better and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I get home, and I'm like, golly, man, I really could go for an ice cream bar. And guess what I found in the back of the freezer? One fell out of the box. So it, it, I know exactly what the Gator fans are feeling right now. And I'm, bla- I'm back on cloud nine. So, uh, no, this is, this is great news. And, and you hate injuries. I ain't going to lie, Mike. I absolutely hate injuries. If I could keep everybody safe and healthy, mm-hmm. I would. But that is a part of college football. And it was such a crucial injury for the Florida Gators because we talked about it's a pivotal position. It's a, they're thin at that, that roster spot. And, and the fact that you may get them back sooner than later, I mean, that, this, this, this is big news for Florida. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's kick it all down, Shane, to Columbia, Missouri. Where last time, hey, we got a surprise from old Drink and the Tigers because we <laughs> hopped off the line and they had already named Brady Cook starting quarterback uh, right as we were winding down. And and I swear we weren't drunk. We were just kind of acting like it. We had <laughs> shut our brains off. We were reacting to the news. But now that we've had some time to digest and think about it, Shane, you know, I went back and watched uh, Missouri and the Army in the bowl game. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, Missouri lost that game, but that was Brady Cook's only start of his career. And the main takeaway, Shane, Brady Cook, the game was not too big for him. And that's what I always look for in a young quarterback, how they react to, to being be put in that prime position for the first time in their career. The moment was not too big for him. Like I said, he led Missouri on a game-winning touchdown drive. Uh, unfortunately, Army, you know, drove the length of the field and, and kicked the game-winning field goal. But you sure as hell can't put that on your starting quarterback. You're right. And another big takeaway, I, I forgot how mobile he was. Shane, he had a big 30-yard touchdown run, and that is something that uh, we'll get to here in, in just a second with Drink kind of uh, talks up Brady Cook and, and his mobility. But, mm-hmm. man, this is, this is the start of, of something, a little buzz here for the Missouri Tigers and getting the ball rolling. And just the fact that this is a Missouri kid who it just means – it's so cheesy, the SEC, it just means more. But <laughs> I think it means more to be the starting quarterback for Missouri than it would for Brady Cook, that, than it would a lot of other players, if that makes yeah, sense. absolutely. Um, yesterday, after uh, careful consideration, um, you know, made the decision to name uh, Brady Cook our starting quarterback – um, you know, when we look at the starting quarterback position, we really evaluate five key things. We start with toughness, both mental and physical, the ability to uh, perform at your full God-given ability regardless of the circumstance. Uh, and, and Brady, uh, uh, as well as all of the quarterbacks that we have, have demonstrated these five characteristics. But these are the things that we really evaluate. Preparation, spending the extra time, understanding the, not only the playbook, but the preparation of understanding your teammates, who they are, what are the matchups, are you spending time in the film room. Decision making, when the ball is in your hand, what do you do? 
All right, we can coach you up all the way up until the ball is snapped, but you got to have a, a decision-making mechanism that you're going to take care of the football and take care of your team. And then accuracy, ball, you know, ball placement. There's there's no defense for the perfect throw, and so we got to be have pinpoint accuracy right there. And then the last thing is leadership, which for us is set the example, uh, and then bring others with you. All right. Set the example of what it means to be a great teammate, but then you got to bring other people with you. And um, and he, he never shied away from the competition. He kept working. He kept putting in those extra hours. Spent hours in the film room on Sunday on uh, on during the summer. Was here every Saturday with his teammates, leading, making sure we were throwing, making sure we were doing the things that we needed to do. It matters to him to be the starting quarterback at the University of Missouri, and I'm excited that he's our starting quarterback. I know I can lay my head on the pillow knowing that he's going to give us and all these fans in this state everything he's got. So with that, it's going to be his job. Like I told him uh, last night, it's, uh, it's my job to get him to start it, and I've get, done that. He's earned it. It's up to him to finish, and he's gonna, it's up to him to finish the job at quarterback. And so. You know, I don't know if you had a time frame coming in for when you wanted to be settled on a guy, but did you make this decision sooner than you expected to at all? Um, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe so. I actually thought the, the the competition was really good. You know, we went live with everybody on Sunday. Uh, all the quarterbacks were live, uh, and just felt like really after Sunday came back Monday. Brady had a really good day Sunday in that live scrimmage. Um, um, taking hits, making plays with his feet, leading the offense on scoring drives. And then I thought he came back the next day and just had another good day, stacked some good days together. And, and at that point, I just felt like for us offensively and for this team to take the next step, let's solidify who our quarterback was, eliminate the questions and the, the indecision. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's what they pay me to do. You know, they pay me to make decisions. And, and so we made it, and we're going to move forward. Behind Brady, will those guys keep competing? Is that an ongoing thing that can go on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it'll go on all year, um, but absolutely, you know, I think Sam Horn has done an excellent job since he's been here. I mean, he, he is a lot further ahead than I kind of expected, to be honest, coming out of, uh, you know, not you know, not being here and seeing a guy that just shows up in the summer and then gets his fall camp. But he still has his rookie moments, and so we're still letting him just grow into the best version of himself on, on a daily basis, trying to make sure that we get those young guys. There's a lot of really good young players on our team, but the thing they have to have is reps, reps, reps. So we're prioritizing at the end of every practice, making sure they get reps. You know, Tyler Macon has done everything we've asked him to do. Um, and so is, is Jack. And both of those guys were disappointed. And I told them, if you weren't disappointed, uh, you, you're not, you don't have the right kind of makeup uh, to be the quarterback. And so they're absolutely disappointed. Uh, but they, they both bounced back today with really good energy and, and understand that this team's on a bigger mission. And uh, I know both of those guys and all three of those guys will be ready if their number's called. His ability there and that athleticism, I think, surprised a lot of people who maybe hadn't seen him play. I mean, was that something that, that you saw even his freshman year that, hey, this is something he's got? Yeah, I mean, redheads are great athletes, man. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's surprised by that. Uh, no, I, I think that's kind of the – when you look at his numbers in the weight room with Coach Russ, I mean, he's got a great vertical jump. He's one of the, the 15, maybe 20th fastest players on our teams. Uh, when you look at his 40 times, um, he's got incredible strength numbers. He, he works at everything you ask him to do. I mean, 
the dude's going to graduate with a degree in December in three and a half years. I mean, uh, and, and most people don't know this, but he graduated early. Chaminade had never let it happen before. He actually <laughs> graduated, got his GED to come to school here and enroll early. And then he, they retroed back his his uh, his degree from Chaminade. So, like, it, it means something for him to be here. So, yeah. Mama Cook's not real happy about that story, but uh, Jim was fine with it. How about it, Shane? Redheads are <laughs> great athletes, according to old Drake. Yeah, that's right. Big Red getting this, <laughs> getting the starting position. You know, this is what I, I love to hear, man. It, it's a it's a success story, and this is one that maybe we look back here in a, a few, you know, a few games, and we're saying, you know what, this kid wanted it more, and and that's kind of what I felt when Drink was talking here. Is mm-hmm. is this guy put the time in? You know, and, and maybe he is setting an example for other players on that program that, hey, man, you know, if you work hard enough, you will get an opportunity to play because sometimes, you know, these kids, they're, they're told their whole lives how great they are and they don't feel like they have to put in that extra step when they're in college that it's just going to be given to them because it's been given to them. But it's not, man. And I love the fact that you reward hard play. You reward hard work. And uh, and, and this is – and who knows, man. I mean, it, it, it may play off on the – I mean, I'd like to see this success story go. And, and we look back and Mizzou had a, t- a great run in the SEC East. You know, that who knows what's going to happen out of this. But if, if I got anything from this, especially when he's on a recruiting trail, says, hey, man – you know, I understand you're a three-star, or I understand you're a two-star, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. And if you put in the work, you're going to have an opportunity to play here at the Tigers. And and I think that's that that speaks well when he's in the living room talking to these parents. You know, I know it's, it's it sounds corny and it sounds cheesy, but you know this means more to the parents than it does the actual player sometimes. One final clip here I wanted to play from Drink Shane. This truly is genius. So I really wanted to highlight it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Shane, but uh, let Brady cook is a hashtag that's popular right now with the Missouri fan base. <laughs> and, and Drink kind of plays on that, talks about the business opportunities for their uh-huh. starting quarterback now. Let's kick it over uh, one more time to Drink. Did any of that surprise you at all? I mean, he went through a coaching change before he got here, and a lot of guys aren't sticking around through a lot of that in this day and age. No, I mean, I think he's uh... – He's a great young man of character. Obviously, it's a tribute to his his uh, his parents, uh, who've done just a, a, a great job of raising him. Um, and uh, again, it means something for him to be here at the University of Missouri. And uh, man, I can't wait to see the restaurants line up for the Brady Cook endorsements. All right, Shane. So why I really wanted to highlight this is obviously we're in a new era with. With the mm-hmm. with the portal and the NIL and all that, like drink, he he does not reference NIL here, but that's clearly what he's talking about. Yeah, can you imagine five ten years ago, we we have a quarterback competition come to an end, and then the head coach is sitting here saying, "Now businesses get in on this," and yeah. that's something. If I'm Missouri, I'm plastering that to all the recruits in the country that hey, not only do we take care of you, but you know, we are wise enough to say now that you're the starting quarterback for the Missouri Tigers, you're a homegrown kid, let these businesses take advantage of that. And obviously the player is going to profit from that more than anybody. But 
I just think that's ingenious, Shane, to, to kind of get the ball rolling going into the season, let Brady cook. I mean, how many mm-hmm. businesses are, are jumping at the opportunity to throw money at this kid now? And and again, I just think it's a, a genius marketing and, and you know, credit to, for the head coach to, to call attention to it. Well, and, and and I will say, man, there was a lot of talk in the offseason. The reason they didn't get some of these quarterbacks in the portal was because there wasn't those NIL opportunities. So, right, um, I, I like this. I, you know, you gotta you gotta remind these boosters. You know, hey, we if we want to compete, if you want us to be good, we're gonna need your help. So, um, I think this is genius, and you got to get all the plugs and advertising you can get because if everybody buys in up there in Columbia. Then, then, then they truly can be a, uh, they truly can compete in the East, you know. Right, and and just if you're looking at it from a business's perspective, Shane, it's like, do you give the money to Cook? Do you give it to Tyler Macon? Do you give it to Jack Abram? Do you give it to the star freshman Sam Horn? Yeah. You know, you don't know which one's going to be a good investment, and this is just drink with saying, well, hell, here's your answer right here. This is the guy <laughs> that's going to be on the field making the plays. So go ahead and hand him some money. And, and again, I just I think it's a tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, idea to to you know plug a player, so to speak, right after he wins a competition. And and I would think if you're a Missouri Tiger, hell, who knows? You know, they all want to see the field. They're all fighting for competition. Yeah. But when they know that their damn coach is going to come out here and say businesses support this guy with nil (laughs) right after they win a job i mean if that don't motivate you nothing nothing will you know what i mean well and and i didn't know how this conversation was going to go when we found out the news i fully was expecting well it's still a competition and blah 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 the same old coach speak Mm -hmm. i just love the confidence that that eli came out with the this is my guy this is this is his job to lose and that I, I just think that speaks volumes to the the confidence they have in Cook, man. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. Next, let's uh, kick it on down to Tuscaloosa, where old Nick Saban met with the media here recently, and I'm getting a new <laughs> version of Saban, Shane. I mean, well, last year was kind of the new Saban. It was kind of it was soft. It was not calling anybody out, and I think he maybe he thought in the back of his mind, this is how I've got to handle this team. You know, we we got to kind of teach them with kid gloves so to speak because we got a first year quarterback because we have so many mm-hmm. inexperienced players but that ain't the case anymore in Tuscaloosa and I think that's why we'll get to save his comments here in a minute but this is two pressers in a row Shane where he, this guy's coming out firing he's talking about <laughs> calling people out for the rebuild comments and now he's got Larry Fitzgerald down here teaching these players that you have to put in the work you have to love the process and he says, we need everybody to be that way, which says to me that he's not fully satisfied with the effort the players are putting in. And, and they're mm-hmm. they're the only ones that are going to stop themselves from winning a championship. So let's kick it over to, to Saban, Shane, Larry Fitzgerald's message to the team. As well, as I just thought this was great, where he's sitting here saying, well, we got one All-American versus another All-American going head-to-head. They get better. They all win awards. And it's just goodness. I mean, it. This is a recruiting plug if there ever was one, too. So, you know, we had a really interesting speaker last night, Larry Fitzgerald, and he made a point that I've never really ever thought of. And one of the players asked him is, how did you stay motivated when you had so much success for so long? And he said, I love the process. 
I love watching film. I love to practice. I caught extra balls before practice. I ran routes with the quarterback after practice. I loved the process. And then when the game came, it was really, really easy. So, you know, that's kind of interesting because some of our best players, some of our really good players that we've had here traditionally in the past, that's exactly how they were. And that's exactly how a lot of the guys on our team right now that are really good players, that's how they are. But we need to have everybody be that way. We don't have anybody, we don't need anybody trying to get out of drills or practicing or whatever. And if they love the process of what it takes not to win a game, but to do the things you need to do to be able to win a game, all right? not to do the things, not just think about being a starter, but what do you do to be a starter? What, what does a starter act like? How does a starter practice? How does a starter go about being responsible to do his job? And I think that was a, a really good message. And I think it's a message that, and you know, Larry made a point of this, that the same thing in your life, being a good parent, being a good husband, doing a good job in whatever it is you do. Um, so it was kind of interesting, but I get asked a lot. I never ever thought of this. How do you stay motivated? And I, I never really could answer it, but I, I love the process. I love practicing. I like getting ready for practice. I like coaching the players on the field, trying to get them to play as good as they can be so we have the best chance. They have the best chance to be successful. We have the best chance to be successful. So hopefully we can get a whole team full of guys getting ready to do that. How have you helped or seen the defense be helped by defending him in practice? I, I think everybody is helped by the quality of players that we have on offense and defense. You know, Patrick Sertain would probably tell you, you know, I covered Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, um, Smitty, Jaden Waddle, every day in practice for three years. How many guys did I play against in a game that was any better than those guys based on where they got drafted and all that and how much production they had? So I think, you know, iron sort of sharpens iron at every position. You know, Cam Robinson won the Outland Trophy playing left tackle around here. And the guy playing right end, he won the, he won the Nagurski, Jonathan Allen. They practice against each other every day for three years. So it helps everybody get better when you have good players. You know, J Jameer Gibbs plays at a different speed. Uh, I, he breaks contain on the defense because that's good for the defense. So when we play against a good back that has great speed, you know, maybe we can keep leverage on them better. So it not only helps Henry, it probably helps everybody on the defensive team. And it, I think it helps at every position that players get challenged in practice and they have to do things correctly and create good habits so they have the best chance to be successful when a game comes. Is that it? So I'm supposed to smile and say thank you. All right, Chase, so hey, a nicer, smiling, saving up here. What, what are your thoughts on that? You think Terry told him to do that before he got out there? Of course. He's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have an oatmeal cream pie. You better give me a smile up there at the podium. No, I, I, I think this is awesome. Um, you know, not too often is Nick Saban stumped. 
Right. And, and and it felt like he was a little bit off kilter here, a little bit lost of words, you know. He sounded a little bit like Cousin Shane there for a minute. Just, you know, I could see the words moving around in my head. I just can't catch them sometimes. And and I think what he he was just dumbfounded by, you know, why does he why does he keep going? Why does he keep pushing? Why does he, you know, I I, I talk I've referenced this this interview a million times, man, with Charles Barkley, and it's like. It, it 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 now seems kind of fake. It's it's almost like he had an aha moment. Like that's why I do it, because I love the process. I love the practices. He says I love getting up. I love getting out here with these guys. I, I think it. I think it. I think it keeps him young, Mike. You know what I'm saying? I, I think right. there's a lot of things that Saban enjoys about the process, and he just now realized it. And who who better to tell them than one of the all-time greatest wide receivers to ever play in the NFL? Yeah, and even the GOAT, Shane, I mean, he, he even he needs motivation from time to time. Uh, I've, yeah. not, I've not read the book yet. It just came out. But uh, old John Talty down there of AL.com, I know he's been plugging it like crazy. He's been on Feinbaum. But apparently, Shane, I don't know if you've heard this yet, but there was a story where right after the kick six game back in, what would that have been, 2013, Mm-hmm. Saban was basically one foot out the door at Alabama and he was going to go be a uh, like game day Lee Corso for ESPN. Yeah. But I didn't hear that. Yeah. yeah. Obviously that didn't happen. And you know, he's found his, his passion to keep kicking ass down there at Alabama. And, but I just make that point because even the greatest of all time at times, you know, even he's maybe looking towards what's next and, yeah. and, and where his career could go. Uh, but you know, it's, it's lessons like this from, from legends like Larry Fitzgerald that are going to yeah. resonate more than anything else with a lot of these elite players on the on the team down there. You know, and, and what's crazy, man, the first thing, when I saw him make that little joke, because that little 10-second, you know, video went viral, mm-hmm. and I, I just thought, man, here it is. Here's the greatest of all time. And, and you know, I know there's there's stories about the cheats, and, I mean, you can – there's there's – that's with every head coach. You're going to have those those little asterisks underneath them. But the fact of the matter is, nobody is is doing it like Nick Saban, and I don't know if anyone ever will. And you you can't help but wonder, man. There's there will come a time, you know. And what does it look like 10, 15 years, twenty years from now when you're telling your grandkids about Nick Saban? You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. you you forget that you are. You are in a timeline right now, and you are getting to witness one of the all-time greatest to do it. And this is a coach that that will – I mean, think about how many people talk about Bryant and how many people talk about uh, Nealon and, and Fulmer and, you know, Spurrier. all these – Spurrier and all these great coaches that, that have coached different programs, story programs. And then it almost becomes, like, too distant for some of these young kids. And it's just – you know, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm I'm getting older and more sentimental or whatever it is, but I'm just watching and I'm like, man, you know, this 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 will never be repeated. And uh and it's just it's just awesome to be a part. I mean, I honestly I wish he was coaching my team, you know, because the story would be even cooler. But, you know, the fact that we're getting to witness one of the all time greatest do it, it's just it blows my mind. And he's still learning, man. He learned today that he loved the process, you know, and he learns that from from a receiver that, you know, a fourth his age. <laughs> right. I don't know if you're a fan of The Office, Shane, but like uh, Andy from The Office says, 
I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days while you're in them. But <laughs> Alabama fans, you are in the good old days right now. So soak it all up because uh, you got a legend coaching your football team. You know what? Absolutely. And I probably should I, I probably should have fact checked the age thing. He's thirty eight, so so we'll say, you know, three a third, you know. <laughs> Not a fourth. <laughs> All right, Chase. Next, let's kick it over there to Fayetteville. Where Sam Pittman just wrapped up uh, the latest spring practice down there. They're going to have a scrimmage this weekend, I believe, in Fayetteville to get things going as they inch closer to the upcoming season. But, uh, you know, it's interesting, Shane, because. How could the Arkansas Razorbacks not be hearing all the hype? The coaches' poll just came out. Uh, you know, we covered that earlier in the week. Razorbacks are ranked in that thing. That's got to be the first time that Arkansas is ranked in the preseason. And as long as I can remember, I can't remember the last time Arkansas. <laughs> they're always a program that has to kind of prove themselves to the pollsters, but not anymore, not under Sam Pittman. So there's a growing confidence, not only – uh, within the program, but within the fan base. That, that's something Sam Pittman hits on here. And K.J. Jefferson, just how he won over the team, he won over the fans. Hell, he won over the state, says Sam Pittman last <laughs> season. And that's just growing this fall in training camp. And uh, one little nugget I thought was interesting, Shane. We talked up the Arkansas Razorback receivers on the last episode. One guy we didn't talk about, Warren Thompson, uh, who – He's made some big plays in his career there for the Razorbacks. Sam mm -hmm. Pittman says this is the most improved player on the football team. He's making catches. Sam Pittman's sitting here saying, how, <laughs> how in the hell did he catch that ball? So, hey, we may have something here with this this group. So, let's kick it over to Sam Pittman. When you first come here, they were coming off 2-10 and 10 and they were 3 and some. But And I've noticed, you know, doing this for quite a while, but other people commented, it's like the, there's a confidence among the players and the team this year that, Seems like it's real confidence. I mean, if you notice that, I mean, it's like it's real. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I real, I think probably means there's more people that believe in the team. You know, there's probably a few more, hopefully there's a few more fans and there's a few more players and all that. But yeah, I think there's a, a quiet confidence. You know, that's kind of what you want um, um, when you're a, what you might call an underdog or, you know, there's a, confidence of we need to show people and uh, uh that's kind of what we're about but yeah i kind of i feel that about our squad as well doesn't hurt that does it? yeah no well i think if you beat some teams that you know maybe we've struggled in the past of doing that or or beat some teams that they beat 10 11 years ago you know whatever that may be then i think that always helps with your confidence Sorry. We've talked a lot in camp about KJ kind of growing as a leader, but I wondered if there was a particular moment that you saw that happen, a conversation, or when that switch kind of maybe flipped. Uh, I think probably the second half of the Rice game is when, I mean, he was our leader, but is when he kind of took took the team over, and and then you take that and add to the Texas game and, and, you know, that's whenever he, he won everybody, he won the fans, the state, the team, 
me. I mean, he already had me, but he really had me after that game. And but he's such a likable kid, and he's not. Uh, he's not a. Uh, let's say let's go back the other way. He's a quarterback that is a running back. You know, he's got a mentality of uh, physicality about him, a little bit to a fault. You know, when he gets in the open field, uh, but you can't. It's hard to take that away from him, but. I think the team likes him because he's he's in the he's he's in the physicality of practice now. I mean, of games. Obviously, practice he's not, but in games he's he's part of that tough uh, part of our football team and a big part of that. Also, Warren Thompson in one on ones, he got the best of Hudson Clark a couple times. I'm curious. Um, I feel like we haven't talked about him as much as we have maybe Landers or Hazelwood. Just what have you seen from him now that he's in year two with Arkansas? As improved as anybody, you know, he, he, uh, he was a guy uh, to this point now, you know, but, and I think it'll keep continue. I think he's in a really good space. I think he's uh, comfortable. I think he went through a year last year where he didn't know if he wanted to be here, go home, but, you know, who, who's my friends. Had a lot of things going on. I think last year you had to talk to him, but uh, I think he's in a good space. Uh, he's always been very talented, but he's catching the contested ball and catching some. You go, man, how do he catch that one? And uh, he's always been fast. He always had he hadn't always used it, you know, but he is now. So uh, I've been really pleased with him. You have to ask KJ about it. I think KJ looks for him now. But how about it, Shane? I mean, the Razorbacks got reason to be confident. And how does that change anything? That, uh, you know, the, the Razorbacks, now they, they still have to prove a lot of people wrong, I would think. But yeah. you're going into a season completely different than how you have under – you know, it's, it's basically the first year they had to prove they weren't the worst team of all time, as, yeah. as sad as that is to say. I mean, people were suggesting that. And then last season it was – I think they were picked sixth, seventh in the West – so it was like any win was a, was a surprise to a lot of people outside of that building. Now they're coming into a season where fan expectation, not necessarily to, to win the West or anything like that, even though you know there's a chance of that, the expectation is, is to compete every Saturday. It doesn't matter who you're lining up against because you've got the best Arkansas team in, in recent history. Yeah. No, I mean – well, this is a rabid fan base, you know. This is this is a group. That, I, th I think the expectations. To I mean, I, that's what it all boils down to. Uh, they get they get more and more, you know, every single season, and 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 they're pretty pretty damn lofty right now, Mike. We're, we're there's there's some a fan. I mean, there's a lot of fans out there that think that this is the year that they have an opportunity to win a West, you know, when you, when you think it's Alabama, it's Texas A&M, and then it's Arkansas, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's no more, it, it's still a climb. And, and, and that, that part is always fun to watch them grow. But, you know, this is a group that's got a, a Heisman candidate for quarterback. This is a group that's, you know, that's got a lot of returning talent coming back. So a lot of people decided not to go to the NFL so that they can go one more time. So, mm -hmm. you know, those expectations, they, you know, that adds a little bit. But 
But it also makes it easier when you're recruiting a kid to your school and, and you can say, hey, man, we're, this, is, this is what we're expecting, and, and you're the final piece that we need. So I, I think it, there's ebbs and flows, man. There's goods and bads, and, and I think right now we're still in a good phase because I haven't lost one yet. <laughs> yeah, and I really do think, Shane, when you hit the practice field, when you're a program like Arkansas that's on the rise, I mean, it, you have to be able to sense – you know, the roster's getting so much better. The depth's getting better. Hell, we – the big question for months was, well, can this receiver core – man, who are they going to throw the ball to? Yeah. And now we're sitting here saying, well, they got five, six, seven <laughs> receivers. I mean, it's like that – I'm not calling them Alabama, but that that's what you expect at Alabama and Georgia is just for right. the next generation to step up and assert themselves across the board. And it seems like what we perceive as weaknesses – uh, you know, incredibly, maybe strengths for the Arkansas mm-hmm. Razorbacks. And that's what it takes to take that next step up in the SEC is you can't have any glaring weaknesses. You got to be able to be balanced and you got to be able to be tough as hell uh, like Sam Pittman thinks his latest Razorback team is. Yeah, and, and Sam's, you know, relatively new head coach, but he's not new to the industry. He knows exactly right. what he has on that roster and and what they need to work on and what they what what maybe they don't need to work on as much. So, I don't know. It, the more I see Sam and the better moods he's in, that the better I feel about this program because if he were really worried, if he was really worried about expectations, he'd seem a little bit more nervous at the podium. <laughs> Well, speaking of high expectations, Shane, let's kick it on down to College Station. Ooh, Jimbo had a little glimmer in his eye on this one, Shane. I hope you guys are are watching on YouTube. We'll get to these comments in a minute. But when he was asked about old Haynes King getting back to 100%, uh, you know, like I said, there legitimately seems to be a, a, a glimmer in the man's eye. He's he's smiling from ear to ear. Oh, uh, Haynes King getting a lot of reps in practice with the ones, although he's kind of he kind of downplays that that narrative. But uh, I don't know. This may be a little bit tailing on on who Jimbo's looking at as his starting quarterback. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> You think these coaches pinch themselves before they make it out there on the field? Just like, am I really here? Because I tell you, every time they come up, I, they're just so damn excited about their program, and that just that makes me better because I've got a lot of money riding on them. So keep going, Jimbo. So yeah, let's kick it over to Jimbo Shays, who even kind of I don't want to say downplays the hype with Evan Stewart, but I but I think the reporter tried to get him a little bit, and and he says, yeah. "No, nah, I've seen this before." Uh, yeah. <laughs> he shares a little bit on, like I said, Haynes King, Max Johnson, Connor yeah. Wigman, and then you know, twenty twenty that magical season, they really did assert themselves. They out physical people. They just they just ran a gauntlet in the SEC. How do we get back to that in College Station? Uh, Jimbo mm-hmm. hits on all that here. Jimbo, uh, Evan Stewart's just been coming on so strong throughout practice, and even though he's been here throughout the spring, no, how do you know you, that? You ain't been out there. I've seen it a few times. <laughs> have you seen? You got a spy out there? You said hey, have, fifteen, have, fifteen we got, we got minutes. We got spies somewhere. <laughs> have you ever seen a receiver be able to pick up the speed of the college football as quickly as he has in your yes. system? <laughs> yes. What is it about him that you just really like then? <laughs> he's waiting for me to say no I, I screwed you up but I have I mean there's been guys that have and started since they were freshmen and things but at the same time it, it is very difficult it's very hard and it takes a level you, you, you think okay boy he's really gifted but more importantly how mature is he 
How well does he learn? How well does he adapt? How well does he, you know, adapt to failures? Because as a young guy, you're going to have failures and things. And I think from that standpoint, he does a really good job. And I think it's ever, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, you don't, as quickly as he's done things and had good success, you got to still remember he is a freshman and make sure when we're coaching him and how we coach him and we make sure we're um, dotting I's, crossing T's, and making sure we don't uh, get out of that framework of keeping him in that realm. But at the same time, he's got to go play, and, and, and he's doing that. So I've had guys do it, and but he is definitely – and I think – one, I think his maturity, his drive, his intelligence, his ability to comprehend, and his ability to adapt and adjust as you learn the things on defense. It's not just, all right, you learn what you do on offense, but how does it fit to – Inside leverage, outside leverage, bracket coverage, zone coverage, man coverage, how every every how plays can change based off of that. And I think his comprehension of football in general, along with his overall intelligence, allows him to have success early. I love this second. So there was a, uh, a couple there's a couple of national uh, reports that Haynes has taken the lead in the quarterback competition. So and can he's you... getting more reps with the one someone said. I I, I did hear somebody says Haynes got somebody at my well, I said, no, they're taking exactly – they rotate days and take exactly the same number. <laughs> Next question. And then uh, – <laughs> No, no, there's, I mean, we're, just, we made, we're, we're rotating guys with, and, and they're doing the same thing, so no. Okay. David? Uh, Jimbo, and kind of going back to that quarterback room, um, from a learning standpoint, how do you feel like the process has been for Max and, and Connor both? They understand it really well. They both do. And, and Connor's picked it up very quickly for a young freshman. I mean, he, he carries a, he's a very intelligent guy, very instinctive guy, and uh, uh, very rarely does the same. You know, if he makes a mistake, he doesn't repeat it very often. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and what he's doing. So very encouraging in that way in, in development. And Max is doing a lot of the same thing. And then for Haynes physically, I mean, has he been able to, to take off at all this practice? You're allowing him to do that? He's back as far as that part of it, the physical parts of what he can do and though and in no no pain no anything no pain free whether he throws it whether he runs it whether he stands out there you know what i mean you're coming off of surgeries and his strength is back in the, in the everything around the injury so feel very good about that what's up fourth in 2020 y'all overwhelmed opponents in fourth quarters for the most especially down the stretch of the season we finished Exactly right. Yeah, it's last year that didn't happen. So how do you get back to that? To back to basics quarters? and point it out and make it make it adamant and not just fourth quarter, starting games. Listen, we we had there was a couple games last year. We got overwhelmed in the beginning. We didn't play offensively and gave up a lot of points defensively, and that that has effect too. You don't ever win games in the first five minutes, but you can lose you can lose them and start yourself having a heck of a hard time coming back. You know what I'm saying? Set the temperament. So I mean, starting, finishing, emphasizing, coaching it, and when you see it, point it out. When you stop, pray, hey. At the end of practice, we're not finishing like we do. Make it adamant, make it a point, and you grade it, you, you calculate it every day, all the things in what you see in practice. Conditioning play a role in that as well? Nah, I, I, it had, I don't think it had anything to do with conditioning. It can, but that wasn't our issues. Our issues wasn't conditioning. All right, Coach, thanks. And who the hell's been spying on practice? <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, these I know the Aggie fans are going to eat these up, these comments, Shane, but I know as someone that's put money on them Aggies, uh, this has got to make you happy too, huh? It does, man. It does. I'm not a, I'm not a diehard Aggie fan. I don't know all their chants. I don't, I don't even understand why they do some of the things they do. <laughs> but I am excited about this program. I'm excited about the depth. I'm excited even my coach coming out here, you know, talking about quarterbacks. It's like – 
He's got a pair of aces, and he, he – you ever play poker with somebody that doesn't know how to play poker? That's what it feels like. It's just like, damn, I'm folding if I'm – if Jimbo's – he's over giddy as a two-year-old. All right, last little uh, team here. Shay, let's kick it on down to Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly met with the media – uh, on Thursday, and a little bit of bad news. It doesn't sound anything bad or anything, Shane, but Garrett Nussmeyer had a uh, ankle sprain, mispractice. Now, they do think he'll be back for the weekend. They got some mm-hmm. scrimmages coming up, but maybe that, you know, throws a a little wrench into the uh, the quarterback competition that it, it sounds like Jaden Daniels getting some reps with the one. So that's pretty interesting to see where that's going. But how about this, Shane? I, you know, maybe I just have not been paying attention like I should, but I thought LSU was kind of going a little bit slow in recruiting under Brian Kelly. They had missed on several elite in-state prospects. Of course, everybody knows Arch Manning and, and Alabama's quarterback commit, Eli Holstey. He is also from Louisiana. So, you know, they're missing on some key guys, and you're saying, well, what the hell? This is LSU. They're supposed to be recruiting like gangbusters. Well, you turn around, Shane, they led the number number four receiver in the country, five-star receiver Shelton Sampson, and then today mm-hmm. they landed a four-star quarterback, Ricky Collins, the number 13 quarterback, and by God, they got the number six recruiting class in the country, so <laughs> it's just business as usual. It doesn't matter who the coach is down there. Of course, you know, I – They'll be fine, I say. I do <laughs> declare they'll be fine, Mike. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I know Brian Kelly. Hell, he, he – he recruited well at Notre Dame, so he's going to recruit yeah. elite on an elite level at LSU. But, man, I was a little bit stunned when I saw that number six in the country. I thought they were in the teens. <laughs> yeah. You can never count out LSU. It don't matter who's down there. And and, and, and that's also going to – I think that amps up real quick toward the tail end of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, once they can see the product, once they can see what Kelly's going to be doing with these Tigers. And because LSU's going to win some big games this year, Mike. I, re- I truly believe it, that they're going to pop up and they're going to catch a few programs off guard. And, and we're going to look back and say, man – Year two with Kelly in this system, watch out for them. I mean, they're that they'll be a easy top twenty five next year. So yeah. this this is this is a build. This is a rebuild. But you know the beautiful thing about LSU is you don't have to wait too long because so these kids, a lot of these kids, grew up wanting to play there regardless of who's coaching. Right. Yeah. Interesting comments here, Shane, for Brian Kelly on on the opener and what he could be learning about his team. And then on uh, the quarterback situation, Jaden Daniels getting some reps with the with the ones. Let's kick it over to Brian Kelly. New Orleans, you kind of alluded to that your recruiting was about to get on the right trail. Um, your your crew of uh, recruits, you're kind of on a heater right now. The last few months, is that because the coaches have kind of got into the territory and kind of kind of got in the homes more? What what can you point to that it's gotten pretty well for y'all? Yeah. Um, you know, we really didn't get the opportunity to, um, you know, develop the strong relationships until, you know, the February, you know, March recruiting period. And so we had to make up for, for lost time, you know, putting a staff together, you know, in January and February, and you, you have a very short period of time to build those relationships. And I, I so I just think this is, you know, the continuation 
uh, of those relationships starting to form. And I think we did a really good job. I think, uh, you know, uh, J.R. Benton did a great job and his staff of putting together uh, visits in June, which allowed us to really sink those relationships deeper. And I think we're starting to see you know, that work come out. Did we take anything from the fact that Daniels took most of the first team reps today that maybe there is any separation going on or not yet? Not yet, no. I think that you have a very competitive situation still going on. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned, you know, Nuss would have been in there taking, you know, first team reps as well. Um, you know, Miles continues to, you know, Miles is as, as effective and as smart as any quarterback. And, um, Walker Howard, I mean, he continues to, you know, for a freshman, amaze me in terms of what his knowledge base is and his, the strength of his arm. So, no, we're not ready to kind of um, change our uh, thought process relative to who's getting what reps at this point. Coach, it, in the past here, the, those openers have been, against good teams, have been real barometers as far as how the season turns out. Do you think that those are critical as you try to sell your program, not only to, the, to, the, to everyone, that, that you put your best foot forward in, in something like that? Or do you think that's a little overstated? Um, you know, I always think that, that the opener is uh, a little bit um, overstated in terms of what your team looks like um, moving forward. They're all important, right? You know, winning, you know, winning a championship requires you to win those games, right? Um, but I think it's how you play, you know, in the opener that's more important. It's how you play, and um, and you you, you want to win the game. There's no doubt about it. That's absolutely crucial. But I think it's how you play the game that's most important. And that, to me, has always been the barometer for what your team will look like as you move through the season. I think I get a better sense in that opener about how you play the game as to how you finish the season than what maybe the scoreboard looks like at the end of the day. But, yeah, hey, Shane, if, if you didn't come in with this resume that Brian Kelly has, you'd maybe say, well, what the hell is he talking about? we got to beat the hell out of Florida State in the opener. <laughs> But he knows what he's doing. He, he's the winningest football coach in college football actively right now, if you, if you consider his uh, well, his run at Grand Valley State. But uh, what are your thoughts on his comments here? That's kind of how I took it there, Mike, was like, hey, don't worry about the scoreboard. It's just I, I, I think I think they're expecting to whoop some ass here. That's not, Maybe maybe that's me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate here. It's just yeah. like he's like, yeah, we I know we got this one in the back, but I want to see <laughs> – how bad we got it, how bad we want it. You know what I'm saying? He wants to see just just how hard these kids are playing because it's all it's all fun and games and practice. And and but when the lights come on and it and it's the real deal, man, that's that's when you find out that's when you find your team. And and I think that's you know, Kelly can he could put the best places and he's probably gonna be moving. You're gonna see moving pieces all game long against Florida State. But I'm telling you right now, it's 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 the true scrimmage for him to find out who this roster's how this roster shapes up for the remainder of the season. Mm. Well, buddy, hey, we've had a loaded week of shows. Yeah. So let's 
cut it off here before uh, we ramble on for any more hours here. But you got anything yeah. before we hop off the line? No, you're going to be editing quite a bit today here, Mike, because uh, I was all over the place. Later we go, man. And this is – I'll tell you whose fault it is. It's uh, Sam Pittman, you know, coming up there late, you know, with a shirt untucked and, you know, two beers in. <laughs> Just kidding, but uh, no, I'm I'm excited, man. I mean, we got a first football weekend, brother. And what's exciting though is is the scrimmages coming up this weekend. We're going to start getting some separation. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to start seeing that depth chart unfold, and and that's what I'm excited about. Uh, of course, I'm just always excited, especially when <laughs> when football's in the air, man. And I even like the new music, man. I want uh, kudos to uh, Crimson Calamity for sending us a, a few new hits because I really I've, I've I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that, and it just sounds good. So uh, everything, man. It's just times are changing, man. Look at us now. <laughs> yeah, we're gearing up for the season. We had to switch it up a little bit. I hope the fans appreciate it. And as always, man, I've been sending these koozies out. Sent about a another 20 today give us that five star writ review on the apple podcast app on spotify subscribe on youtube and we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge just mail those on over to that sec podcast at gmail.com but that's going to do it brother i appreciate you as always i appreciate each and every one of you for making this show what it is we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls do some more research in this ice box here. I think I may have found another one back in the back. That's good. <laughs>